Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. This is a very special episode. I am sitting by the most beautiful woman in the world, my wife, Rob Hangler. <laughs> so Aaron, usually our co-host, he's illustrious, so I have to call you beautiful. I don't okay. have to, I get to. Yeah. So <laughs> We are brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. We exist to respond to the questions you don't feel comfortable asking in church. We're thankful for our fantastic producer, Nathan Yoder. We are part of the Luminov network of podcasts. And today we get to talk about online dating mm -hmm. with Nick and formerly Amanda Bundy, but now Amanda D'Angelo. You <laughs> did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So are we are we technically an online couple or how would you long distance we met in person first and then exchanged you know messages and then we were in different states but i would say technically probably not online but long distance mm -hmm. that was very much a uh 12 year old right there doing that mm. anyways <laughs> let me uh, pull my questions up just for a second so the question we're asking is why is online dating so hard we've mm -hmm. heard there's been some significant shifts in all of that so mm -hmm. what we're gonna do though is uh amanda's been on uh recently so i actually want to start with nick before sure. we talk about you marrying this wonderful woman here mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your faith journey and introduce sure. us to yourself Sure. So yeah, Nick D'Angelo, 31 years old, been actually at Browncroft since preschool. So been at one church home for 26, 27 years. Um, grew up in Rochester, Webster specifically, went to University at Buffalo, but the faith journey aspect, grew up in a Christian household and went through this youth group. But the faith became my own when I went to college, really, when rubber meets the road for so many folks, as it did for me, where I had to kind of decide, hey, this either has to be the most important thing or nothing at all, mm -hmm. because the the metaphysical reality, the theological um, nature of God existing and Jesus existing and having risen from the dead um, cannot be second or third in my ranking. So that was sort of the, the brain work that I did in college and the soul work that the Lord did on me in and throughout college and post. And it's been uh, just a continued experience of grace and truth ever since then. Wow. Before we jump into online dating, though, Amanda, why don't you just update us since the last podcast? Oh, just with life in general. Yeah. Well, um, I got married to Nick D'Angelo, which was wonderful. We had a great day, May 14th. Um, and we have now been married for two and, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It is, it's interesting having the wedding be over and like getting even more settled into things. Um, and you kind of feel those emotions of like missing friends and missing the life that you had. So it's an adjustment, but it's all wonderful. So, and I mm -hmm. praise God that he's in the midst of it, so. Great, well, let's talk about how your story began. Mm. Um, and when did you two, and it might be, you know, different, but when did you two make the decision to start online dating? Mm. For me, it was March of 2020 when COVID hit and I was going to one of the biggest churches in Buffalo and not meeting any men. So between that experience and then COVID shutting everything down and I would know I would not meet a guy, I was like, okay, I will do what my sister has always recommended and I will go 
online dating. I will start this process. Um, and when I did, I just set some standards for myself and what I wanted and was open to what would happen. And it wasn't until of no that November that I met Nick. So. Okay. Can I just follow up? What do you mean you set some standards? So I actually um, wanted to make sure that I was guarding my heart for what I would experience. There was, um, I've heard a lot of horror stories about online dating mm -hmm. and online dating was something I never wanted to be a part of. I wanted God to have this wonderful, amazing, magical story that I could tell everyone about, including my kids one day. And I didn't think that that could happen through online dating. Um, and going into it, knowing that it could be difficult, I said, here's what I'm gonna look for. I'm gonna look for someone who not only in their profile selects Christian, but also in something else says something about their faith in God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, my religious faith? Yeah, I'm a Christian. It was also, I all I go to church, as Nick alluded mm -hmm. to in his profile, or, you know, I'm in a Bible study, or this is my favorite book that's a Christian book. So I was like, okay, there's more meat to it. So mm -hmm. um, I set those things moving forward to mm -hmm. say, and like, look ge geographically too, like, when yep. anyone in Canada, because obviously during COVID can't see them. So mm -hmm. I put those boundaries up for myself to say what I was looking for. Great. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Yeah. So I started at the very end of 2019 and was on and off online dating and was on and off several websites and services, paid free apps. Mm -hmm. So probably half a dozen in total, but not all at the same time for that entire amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I was on and off probably half a dozen dating services for approximately a year before mm -hmm. I met Amanda. Okay. So <clears throat> before we jump in, um, I feel like online dating has semi-changed, but there's still a little bit of stigma Let's start with both of you. How did you initially feel about online dating and how did the people around you feel about online dating? <laughs> Do you have an answer first? I can answer. Okay, yeah. go for it. So I had gotten out of a long-term relationship and I thought to myself, well, I work with all men. <laughs> uh, my hobbies are hunting and softball, which are all men. And I don't know of any women at the church at the moment that are of interest to me. And so I'm like, I feel ready to be married and I don't know of any other great ideas. <laughs> so I felt okay doing it, but I feel like the stigma or the difficulties are sort of um, generational to a degree. I feel like the previous generation was online dating is for the desperate or for the isolated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's waning a bit and mm -hmm. some of that stigma is gone. Uh, but the newer one is, you know, the sort of the Tinder shade of mm -hmm. it, where it's exclusively for hooking up and for being not serious about dating. And I sort of experienced both of those things. And a friend legitimately asked me almost word for word, very good friend of mine, dude, don't do that. You've got to meet a woman in the wild. I said, the problem is where I'm at in the wild is only men. So I don't know where to meet them. <laughs> Was um, that common? Because you said one friend said that. Do you have other friends that had similar thought or? Uh, most of my friends sort of said, you know, referrals are a good source. A lot of my friends get married from referrals or setups, so to mm -hmm, speak. Mm -hmm. um, but some were like, you know, if you do it wisely, they didn't see anything inherently wrong with it. Mm 
Mm -hmm. But even for myself, I wouldn't have preferred online dating because I'm a mind before the heart guy. So I would very much have rather gotten to know someone mm -hmm. organically than having to go through this almost like very complicated blind dating structure of online dating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will come back to that because I think that that's a fascinating topic. But mm -hmm. Amanda, what about you? So I probably have a part of my story that many people can relate to as far as the purity culture. So when I became serious about my faith at 17, mm -hmm. the first book I picked up was a book by Eric and Leslie Ludi called When God Writes Your Love Story. And it was about this mm -hmm. um, couple that completely surrendered their love life to God and said, Lord, you take the pen and you write the story. I will sit back and just wait for you to move and act. And that included not going on dates unless you saw marriage material in them. But how do you actually see that unless you go on a date, unless mm -hmm. you're actually able to be in a group setting, um, not being tempted at all by the opposite sex. So not even being alone with another person of the opposite sex. So really, like you're barricading yourself in this hole of like, I'm just going to wait for God to move. So there was no way that I was going to put myself out there on a dating app where I'm exclusively like blatantly saying I want to be in a relationship someone, with someone and I'm going to take action myself instead of just waiting around for God to move. So it was very difficult for me to actually like to get to a point where I was OK with online dating. And it took a pandemic to get me to that point where I was mm -hmm. like, logistically, I don't know how else this will work besides going on online dating. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and the irony is the title of that book was, you know, kind of parody culture, but God did write your love story and he used online dating for your story. Both yes. Of yours, so. Yes. And when I tell people the story of how Nick and I actually met, God is all over that mm -hmm. because with the circumstances that I was in, there's no way like God used open my heart to it. And then with Nick's part of the story, which we can share now or later, God was working in his heart too to be okay with mm -hmm. the aspect of his story, which we can share now if you want. But the short version is I was pretty protective over my geography. And um, I basically felt led that, you know, you can do long distance if it feels worth it. That was basically in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I was in the deer stand of all places hunting <laughs> right before Thanksgiving. And I felt led to widen my diameter or radius of the, mm -hmm. to, I'll include Buffalo and Syracuse. And not 10 minutes later did I find a prompt from Amanda and comment on it. So, so <clears throat> let's, let's talk about the actual mechanics. What app did you use? Mm. So Amanda, did you make the first move? Like, Interesting. Just, yeah, like just walk us through. Um, for some, my, my sister has done a few of the d dating apps and that was the person I was like, knew some information from. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I just went right to Hinge. And it could have been the Trey Kennedy video of dating apps where he actually, <laughs> like, he pr showed it in a way that actually there's some good people on Hinge. The other ones were just like horrific. And I'm like, I think I can go with Hinge. And I will say that Hinge, I had some good conversations with great guys, like really had a, a pretty good experience. Like definitely you're sifting through some other not so great experiences. Um, but I went with that one. And right mm -hmm. before I met Nick, I was almost going to use Bumble. Um, but then Nick came in the picture and I didn't have to. So I've mm -hmm. heard some good things about that app as well. Yeah, so it was Hinge. Um, I tried Bumble, Hinge, Coffee Meets Bagel, eHarmony, Match, Christian Mingle. Tried, and again, not mm -hmm. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Not as crazy person, but sometimes <laughs> overlapping. And I felt like Hinge, in my opinion, was the best combination of pool 
right? Because like Bumble and Tinder have the most people on them, mm -hmm. right? But the least amount of them are serious by proportion, mm -hmm. right? But whereas if you're on eHarmony, there might only be X amount of people in your zone, right? So I feel like Hinge, in my opinion, was the, or my experience was the sweet spot of there's a lot of people. You better say it's in there. Yeah, it's in my sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> it was the right amount of, hey, there's still some choice here, mm -hmm. but the choices are also high quality with good conversations. So, mm -hmm. And so technically I reached out, she had a prompt. Well, she likes telling the story, but yes, I reached out and she loves telling the story. Yeah, so <laughs> on Hinge, you can pick different prompts that you answer. And one of mine was, I'm looking for someone who, and I filled in the blank of, loves Jesus, enjoys deep conversation and a shared sense of humor. And Nick's response was all unequivocally vital. And I was hooked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yes, to, even despite her purity culture hangups, I technically made the first move and mm -hmm. right, right. She just had to make it known that she was single. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, she had to be in an arena where you were, and right. you know during COVID and you know kind of the pandemic, but also Buffalo, Rochester, the overlap is, you know, yeah, harder to to overlap. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I remember my aunt saying something to me years ago, knowing my mindset towards dating where I was kind of closed off. She said, you have to show at least some interest to a guy in order for them to approach you. Otherwise, they come off as real creepy, just coming out of nowhere and making a move. Whereas if you you know, catch their eye or give them a smile or like initiate a conversation, then they know that you're interested. So that helped me too. Or at least I hopefully, no, I'm kind of Captain Clueless, but it, <laughs> it doesn't matter now. <laughs> well, but I want to come back to something that you said about <clears throat> online dating being harder. Um, so I think what makes online dating harder is you don't know what you're dealing with. Um, and I love how in the book, Modern Romance, Aziz Ansari actually talks about this, like there's unlimited options of men and women on there. So even, even if faith's a big deal, not all of our listeners think faith is a big deal, like even when you narrow it down to loves to play volleyball and listens to cigarettes. there's still like a lot of options out there. But I think I love your comment about the wild. So Robin and my experience in long distance was we actually felt less pressure because, and this is how like old I feel, like FaceTime was just coming out and Robin, <laughs> Robin's first smartphone was when FaceTime came out. So anyways, we were, you know, she was texting with the dial pad, but that's all the, it worked. but I, I felt like going online kind of shielded us from the pressure of other people for us to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How did you guys feel about the interactions or? Yeah. So I, I, one of the benefits I felt was something I needed for my personal development and I'll, to explain that, I'll say this. I grew up in the purity culture, the 90s and the 2000s. A lot more to say about that, but I would say mixed feelings about it, not all on the negative. Mm -hmm. And one of my youth leaders, Mike Swank, would say, we taught you well what not to do, but no one taught you what to do. Mm -hmm. So I had very limited dating experience um, and took dating seriously, which is the positive side. But I really, to know who I needed to be with to marry, needed some experience. And online dating apps filled that hole greatly because if I 
just went on dates with a bunch of girls from church, it's very easily going to burn some bridges and get a bad reputation. Whereas like if you're strictly going on online dating apps with people that aren't in your immediate circle and who are there explicitly for the same things and you establish healthy boundaries, that's a, in my opinion, it was a very healthy experience to do some of that work that probably ought to have been done a decade prior. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel the same way, Amanda, that there's a little less pressure when you started kind of engaging Nick or did you kind of, is there a part of you that wish wishes you met Nick in the wild? Oh, there's always a part of me that wishes I met Nick in the wild. <laughs> I will joke with him and say, what would you say to me if you were both going to Browncroft? He's like, uh, I would just try to get to know you. I'm like, no, what would your line be to me? He's like, no, I would just try to get to know you. I'm like, I want the story. You know, I want to know what that would be like. And it's, it seems way more exciting to think that you could just meet someone and like, oh, I've never noticed them before or they were in my life and I didn't realize that they were an option. But and that's what I was against with online dating. It's like someone just comments on my profile and then we just start a conversation and that's it. But like I said, there's more to it. Like you said, God Mm -hmm. still writes the story. It just looks a little different than what you think. Nick would have walked up to you and said, I unequivocally want to go out. (laughs) That would have been his lie. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for filling the blanks. (laughs) So I'm not inherently a risk taker. So I've not asked outside of online dating. I'm not an ask XYZ person out for coffee. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I think did me some detriment, but I'm not. And in no way am I regretful because despite the fact (laughs) that I got married slightly older at 31. Right. Like I no regrets given that I got a man. Right. Yeah. Well, let's come back to because you both have mentioned this, and I think some of our listeners they kind of run with this assumption. And I'm actually kind of curious to hear your opinion. But you've mentioned purity culture from the 1980s and 1990s. What were the pros and cons as you tried to process through that? Did I 90s, 2000? But that's okay. It probably was 80s. I mean, sexual revolution, right? Okay. And the church responded to that 80s, 90s, 2000s. I'm, yeah. Silver Ring thing, even with the Jonas Brothers, was in like 07, 08, you know? Oh. So yeah, that mm. was a, so, it was a long lasting thing. One of the things I love about Robin is Robin's like super detailed. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there was like 30 people there. And she was like, there's like 15. Like, <laughs> and Peter, Peter, I can relate to that. <laughs> Anyways, but how did purity culture, whenever it was, how did that affect both of you positively and negatively hmm. when it came to dating? So... I grew up and still can struggle with struggle with being very insecure. So I think that if I did not have that book, if I did not have purity culture, I think I would have fallen into relationship at the first guy that showed me attention. Mm. Um, I remember one guy I was very interested in. Um, we had a great conversation long hours of night talking, friends, and he wanted more than I did. And it was mainly because I saw things in his life I was not okay with. Um, but if I hadn't had those guards up and that standard higher, um, I would have easily dated him and it would have been it would have been difficult. And I think it would have done things I would have possibly regretted. So that's a pro of the purity culture. It guards your heart. The con of that is that you're not trained to successfully date or get to know someone. Like the one of the best uh, pieces of advice I got about dating was just get to know someone. Don't walk into a room and say, um, who is the potential here? Who could I actually go on a date with? Who's interested in me? Just walk into a room and say, who can I get to know and build a relationship and a friendship from that? Mm -hmm. I'd say 
that purity culture, the pro side was the science of dating. And what I mean by that is like filling out the Excel chart. Do we have things in common? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the science of dating is on the side of purity culture where um, having high standards, making sure we're living in reality, not in fairy tale land. Mm -hmm. The art of dating, I would say, where you do you actually like this person? <laughs> do are the thing do all the things that don't fit on an Excel chart go in, in hand? Right. Is there chemistry? In my mind, those things were not in the purity culture thing. How do you assess those sort of nitty gritty details that are all in the gray area? And in my mind, that wasn't something that fit well into purity culture. And I think that's something in my role. I'm a therapist, um, as Peter has mentioned in past episodes. But in my role, I often will talk to individuals growing up in that time period. And and they do struggle with knowing how to date or what to say or what's OK, both for the, the male and the female. It's not just, you know, kind of one gender. And I think I like how you, you know, kind of used Mike's quote and said, you know, it, we learned what not to do, but we didn't learn what to do. And one of the things, um, you know, and I've read a lot of different relationship books and one that um, one piece of advice I will give people is you have to be okay with hearing no and being rejected. And that is so important, not just in dating, but in life. And we live in a culture, you know, even beyond dating where we don't want to be rejected in any way, shape and form. Mm -hmm. In one of the books, the the therapist was talking to, you know, the the client. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to ask a hundred women, you know, to coffee. And he's like, a hundred women? He goes, a hundred women. You know, not all of them are gonna say yes. And, you know, he's like, Don't go through this whole laundry list, just, you know, whoever, you know, can ask. And the whole point was he's like, you know, I wasn't gonna marry every one of them, but I had to get used to hearing no and facing that fear and insecurity so that I could have the courage to actually enjoy the conversations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, by the time you ask somebody that you've put them up on a pedestal and you don't even know, you know, kind of their first name. Um, mm -hmm. And so you're just psyching yourself out. And so I think that is one thing with purity culture, what not to do. We had this whole long list and then we would overthink everything. Sorry, yeah. or could. Wow. Hopefully a helpful add to that is, I am a pretty protective person, both of myself and others. And I felt like part of the purity culture thing of not leading a woman on mm -hmm. was anytime I went on a date with someone and it didn't lead towards marriage, I felt like a failure that I hurt her. But the the risk of being hurt is inherent to the dating system. Mm -hmm. And I had to reframe it in my mind of um, not everything that doesn't lead to marriage is a failure. In fact, a relationship that should last three dates, only lasting three dates is a success. Because dating done with healthy boundaries would actually grow you and that other person and you can have a fun time together and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Dating that should last three months, lasting three months is a success, right? Um, dating that should lead to marriage, leading to marriage is a success, right? right? Not failure. Yeah. So that was a big yeah. paradigm shift for me. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I, I've never really asked you if you were on any dating sites. I, I did Christian Mingle and um, I know that I talk like I'm 6'5", but I'm really 5'6". And like, it was right before I met Robin. I think I only went on one date. And I walk into Barnes & Noble and I see my date and she is like 6'1". And the fa I'm looking into the camera, her face when she's, I go, hi, I'm Peter. And she was just like, like, it was visible disappointment of like, your five like I couldn't get that but to Nick's point like in some ways even after that I laughed about it online dating actually took like the pressure off like I'm not going to see this person again we had a great coffee we texted a little bit 
you know, nothing happened. And like, I feel that way. I wish I would have done more. Did, did you get on an online dating site? I never actually hit submit on the dating site, but I had a friend and we filled it out and I overanalyze everything. So there was a few questions that I was like, I have to come back to. And I just never, that, never pulled the trigger. That, Does that surprise you? That is just so beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> so, so let's have some fun here. Mm. So Aaron, my co-host said, Hey, like you gotta ask this question. Mm -hmm. If, if you saw someone's profile, of someone that you work with or went to church with, how would you advise someone? Like, do you go up and talk to them or? Do you acknowledge is, you saw them on the site? How how would you view handle it? Because I think we talked before, I don't think that that happened. Were there men at the chapel? Yep, there were. I did. <laughs> there was, it depended on who it was, because there was one where there was no way I was gonna go up to him and say anything, because I wasn't interested and I was, not going to select or like anything as profile. There was another one that was my friend. So I was like, hey, I saw you in the dating app. How great is that? Like, that's funny. And I hope, how's it going for you? So it just depend on the person for me, but it didn't happen too often because I think that I kind of knew all the single guys at the chapel and it was like, yeah, I knew what I was looking for. So, yeah. I, not directly in my circle at the church, but like friends of friends, I would see my friends in their profile pictures and all that. And I kind of came up with, if I have a way to contact them apart from the site, I felt like that was a more honorable thing to do. And I, it didn't end up happening, but I thought if I have a, a real connection with this person, I'll take it off site and just kind of reach out that way. But people from my high school saw lots of them. So I was just like, okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think the advice I would give is, one, this could be seen as over-spiritualizing it, but I don't think it is. Like, just pray, like ask God what to do in that moment, especially if you are truly interested in that person. But secondly, like just be you. If it's you that you would actually go up to someone face-to-face -face and say, hey, I saw you in the dating app and I'm doing it, how's it going for you? And you know, just have a conversation. Or if it's for you to say, like sending them a message, then just be who you are. Cause that's, Nick actually in dating said, the best thing you can do is just be who you are. And because then we can actually discern if this is going to work or not. Mm -hmm. That was so, one of our early. So we did only weekly for the first month or two, mm -hmm. but we would do fa long FaceTime calls and mm -hmm. we got in our heads a little bit about it. And because we saw major potential right away. Right. But some of her insecurities were flaring up and some of my things about like not screwing it up, not mm -hmm. hurting anyone. I was like, if you're you the whole time, then whether we're leading towards breakup or towards marriage, we're leading the direction we need to be heading. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so so let's have some fun with this. So apparently, rumor has it, you both are Enneagram ones. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Oh. I, I am an Enneagram one. I thought you were an Enneagram. So I have tested historically as a two one, but that is, mo according to her, who's more of the expert than me, it's likely because that's how I was raised or uh. my upbringing and that my characteristics match a six five. In, oh. in grown-up post-therapy reality. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what your Enneagram type is, important, but yeah. yeah you both cared about getting it right. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. Then, so what, what was the insecurities that you were dealing with? What was the, I want to get this right? Like, take our listeners, because like, we didn't talk for like, so we met each other. 
I Facebook messaged her for coffee. And then like, so there was like a two to three months of like only two or three contacts. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, you know, the, when did you figure out, hey, we should do one once a week? When did you like figure all of it? Like, get, I mean, just give us the mechanics. I'm smiling because our our conversation obviously started on the app. And then my job title said volunteer coordinator, but I didn't say where. And so Nick asked about that, but I didn't tell him what church I was, you know, doing mm -hmm. that job at because I was like, if he's a creep, I don't want him to know where I work. Mm -hmm. So I like told him more about the job. And then he said, oh, that's cool. I, when I was at UB, I would go to the chapel. I was like, okay, I'm good with meeting with you face to face. Like this is, I felt comfortable. So I think that it was a natural progression of how often we would see each other. It was, I think six weeks every weekend. Now for, fortunately slash unfortunately it was COVID. So we had nothing else going on on the weekends because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. everything was locked down. The difficult with that difficulty with that was all of our interactions were highly intentional, like very at an apartment or at a restaurant or in a car because everything was shut down. So we we weren't able to have a lot of fun, which is part of how that other conversation came to be about just try to be yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't solve the how do we stay over, get lodging so that we're not sleeping in the same place. We took, you know, a month and a half to solve that. I mean, guys, like date two, we were talking about marriage, not between each other, but what we were looking for. And even his roommate said, you guys have talked about things that people don't talk about until they're talking about engagement. But mm -hmm. that's just the people that we are. We're very intentional. I think that's what we, at least for me, I went into with online dating. Like my standards were very high. And even my family would say, your standards are too high. Not the case, apparently, because I it helps sift through all the other people because I know what I'm looking for. Well, Would you say, and because both of you had some online dating experience with others, but in conversations, would you say that other people had kind of those same standards or did that kind of knock a lot of people out? I dated several people, right? Some were more on my wavelength of, hey, it's COVID, mm -hmm. and I'm using this as like a healthy way to meet people and mm -hmm. give it a go. I'm treating this as a no pressure thing. One person explicitly said like, I'd prefer not to become official until about two months of getting to know you. I thought, okay, you know, mm -hmm. that's a whole different story than some folks who were like, after two or three dates, wanted it to be official or mm -hmm. to go nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. So very different. I saw all over the board with mm -hmm. that. And for my perfectionistic, it's like, I feel like I hurt someone if I reject them. And that's mm -hmm. against my programming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is kind of my like, I I did not want her to be misled or mistreated by me mm -hmm. in any way. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would always overshare, <laughs> which creates its own problems. But <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, if I could be honest, I didn't really find someone who had the similar standards as I did before meeting Nick, mm -hmm. which maybe is a testament to my standards, but and go ahead this yeah. will sound arrogant but it is factual i had four women explicitly tell me you're the only guy i found of your quality as in like yeah. legitimate christian mm -hmm. who does christian disciplines mm -hmm. on xyz site mm -hmm. yeah. thus far and i was like a that's very sad right so mm -hmm. it seems like from the data that she and her friends have gotten that the the glut of um, opportunity is in favor of the men mm. where it seems to be a lot of high quality gals on online dating and, and it's a little slimmer pickings the other way. Okay. And that's what I find everywhere I go. 
the chapel, Browncroft. I am surrounded by beautiful, godly women. And I'm shocked that they're still single. Single, yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked they're still single. And then it's few and far between the godly men who are practicing spiritual disciplines and are not socially awkward and like those kinds of things. And I mean, to each their own, right? But I just, it is, it's few and far between, which I think females probably have a far more difficult time on dating apps than men do. And that could be just from what I've talked to with people, but that's what I'm finding. Well, asking men to not be socially awkward is, is pretty... <laughs> or it's creepy. A tall, it, it's, a, it's a tall ask, I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Robin's like you said. Well, so I, I kind of want to come back because I'm not saying... I think this is descriptive, not prescriptive. So what I mean by that is I think by hearing your story, it's going to be helpful. So you talked about the in-person, but you made a comment, hey, we only FaceTime once a week. So I, I guess I'm trying to kind of figure out how did you make the decision? And Nick, you said a couple times I'd go out on three dates and, you know, she wanted to be official. I don't know how that was for you, but how did you go from unequivocally, this is a great profile to we're official date? Like besides seeing in person, like how often did you text? How often did you talk? What were the decisions? Because you guys, I mean, you're super intentional. Mm-hmm. She was ready way before me. <laughs> um, I felt, again, brain before the heart guy. And I really wanted to go into the relationship being official as with, with a tremendous sense of peace. And coupled on top of that, she had only had one official boyfriend prior to me. And that flamed out really quick. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be to honor that and not just jump into anything. Um, but yeah, so I... Our, our calls were long and we were doing just day dates for a while until we solved the where does someone sleep mm-hmm. um, problem. And the fact that she would have off on Fridays and work on Sundays and I wouldn't. So there was a bit of that. But so it took two months from November 28th to January 28th for me to ask for it to be official. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, by the time January rolled around a month and a half in, we had increased the the communication Mm -hmm. considerably yeah and i say this next part carefully because not everyone's story is going to be the same but after two dates and one facetime call i messaged my friend and i said i don't know how this guy is not my husband like i just i knew almost right away did you see how proud he looked (laughs) he was like (laughs) yep (laughs) although to be fair if if someone has seen my engagement proposal video to her, oh my. after date one, I vlogged to myself, greater than 50% chance we get married. Yeah. we. So I knew it, but I was so hesitant to make it official. Wait, 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 you vlogged after Just like the first? After the first date. And after is, this, is this in the interwebs? Uh, it is on YouTube, but it's a private video. If you'd like it, I'll send it to you. I, I feel like we have to share this That's with the a, Why Got a Wife Oh, man. It's a 10-minute video, and it's very mushy. <laughs> I cry essentially every time I watch it. It's amazing. Anyways, <laughs> continue. So anyway, the video I proposed to her with is vlogs throughout our whole dating relationship. Wow. And the Nick flavor to it is that every time we're, I'm talking, I'm giving an update on the percentage likelihood that we get married. And it only increases with each vlog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's kind of what. By the way, folks, Nick works with spreadsheets and Money. numbers, yeah. and so mm-hmm. just that's my world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was actually really difficult for me because I was 
ready to make it official sooner than Nick was. And I had to have conversations with my mentor and my friends. And the beautiful part about that is that they were they knew and could catch on to Nick's personality right away. And they said, Amanda, when he makes it official, you know that he means it with all his heart and mind and soul. Mm -hmm. So be patient, trust God, and just keep enjoying the journey with him. And it it obviously and certainly all paid off. Sure so, about the are you dating other girls thing? Oh, and there were parts of That's this. That's a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, obviously with online dating and you're not making things official probably right away, you're wondering, are they still on the app? Are they going on other dates? Mm -hmm. Is it just me that they're seeing? And I had this conflict in my mind at probably after like two or three weeks, maybe. Pretty soon. Yeah. And I expressed it to my friends and I said, I don't know if he's seeing other girls. Like, I have no idea. And I just stopped right there and said, you know what? I'm just going to pray about this. I'm going to ask God to reveal this information if I need it. Prayed that night. Literally the next day, Nick says, hey, I just want to let you know I'm, I turned off the app. I'm not seeing anyone else. So it was just a beautiful. God truly has shown his presence in our relationship the whole way. And I just gave those questions that I had to him first. You know, we have a... Well, can I, oh, oh. I was going to, can I push in there for just a Go second? Sure. And it might not be with your story, but with your online dating experience, because that's a question that I oh, have yeah. had often, you know, people are like, can I date multiple people? I get all of these, you know, different messages, or I'm going on dates with different people. Is that being dishonest? You know, what, what is kind of your opinion, your perspective on that? So I, I think because I was on more than one site, I had a little bit more traction than she would have. And I'm probably less picky than her in terms of a first date. Mm -hmm. um, so there were times when, you know, inside of a week, I would go on a date with two different folks. Mm -hmm. um, and my basic thought was, you know, before anything is explicitly exclusive, it's not exclusive. Mm -hmm. But within reason, right, if someone is presuming something, there's probably a sense there. So I, I thought it was appropriate to tell her, hey, and turn them off because I was no longer in the early investigation stage. I needed, I knew that the holdup was just in my heart and feeling peace about it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm still scrolling and shopping, I'm never gonna get there. So I knew that the healthiest thing for me to do was to turn it off. And after our first date, I had one follow-up date that was already scheduled with a different person. Mm -hmm. And the contrast there was clear to me. I'm, mm -hmm. and so yeah, that was it. <laughs> I appreciate your self awareness there, Nick, because you said, I knew if I didn't take myself off, regardless of what Amanda thought on it, I was going to, you know, just kind of keep thinking that way. And I think that that is important for everybody to know if you're on there, it's not necessarily just a right or wrong, but how is it mm -hmm. impacting you? Mm -hmm. I mean, up to a certain point. Yeah. So. You can't window shop forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you should, you should tell your, your little story. My story, it's actually your story. Um, when we were, when we were dating, so Peter um, lived in Pennsylvania and I lived in Rochester. And so we met up for coffee when he was in town working and I didn't realize it was a date. I thought he was just in town. Like we're just getting together as friends, you know, no big deal until some comment. I'm like, I'm going to come back to that. We took that away. But then I didn't know this until later. The next day he went out to coffee with somebody else. Um, and so that his friends had set him up with, you know, kind of the referral and from him, him, you know, from from what you were saying, that helped with the contrast. And he was like, oh, yeah, conversation was so different between Robin and this other individual. So that helped him, you know, you, kind of you evaluate. Left, you left off the, the best part of the whole story. One of us is moving and it's not me. Oh, no, that came We're getting there. So Robin, like, asks, she's like, well, oh. do you do you do this a lot? 
Like, because he would travel for work. And I was like, uh, a girl like in every town or something. And I was, was like, like, yeah, you made up for coffee. I was like, no, like, and I, I wouldn't necessarily so define date. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought, you know what, I'm just gonna ask this woman for coffee. You know, my friend Joe. We outlined this in another episode. My friend Joe was the one that he's like, "You got to get this girl's number." Da, da, da. So, so I think we we did that. But even after the date, kind of like you, I was like, you know, and the woman was wonderful. Who I went, I went to a Starbucks with, but it was just very clear. Robin and I had a different chemistry. So, mm-hmm. you brought it up. So, Robin and me, we prayed. As you can all tell, my wife's wonderful. She's gracious, but she did make the line. She said, "Somebody's moving, and it's not me." Um, I, I did similar early on. Okay, so, so so catch us up. Like, tell us how did you kind of make the decision, get engaged, mm-hmm. all of that. What did it look like? Because especially with online date, you can have a radius, and it can be quite far. So absolutely. I mean, you had a conversation with me. Was it this date two? Nick literally probably knows every single date we've been on, but especially the first 10, he can name exactly what we did at each one. I just love that. And I think it was the sixth or seventh. You took me by the water and you said, how do you actually feel about moving? Because we talked about that date two. We day, talked about day that. Two, I just wanted to approach the elephant in the room. We do not live in the same place. Right. So, Buffalo, Rochester, hour 15 minutes away. Someone's going to have to move. Someone's first idea was let's move to Batavia. I said Batavia. <laughs> and Nick's like, no. <laughs> not, there's nothing in Batavia. Idea. No offense to Batavia. but We yes. love you in Batavia. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah. not for us. Um, yeah. Ultimately, so I, I broached the subject date two and then date six. I said, you know. We both have family and jobs that are great. Um, one of our jobs is harder to move, and uh, his, mine, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I seemed to have a bigger, deeper network. And I just wanted to be honest with my own limitations that I'm a deep roots person, and it, I knew it would be very difficult emotionally and practically for me to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to respect her enough to tell her early on. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to get to the end of a year of dating and hope I'm willing because I don't know if that's possible. Mm. Yeah. And for me, I have always felt open handed with where I would live. Always. I just was willing. I mean, the guy that I was talking to before Nick, he was from Texas and it was I actually was like, maybe like I was open to it, you know, just because even even before him, I was like, Lord, wherever you want to take me, I will go. The hardest thing, though, was that I had just gotten my job at the chapel and that I prayed for for five years and I'd only had it for like Six a few months mm-hmm. and then I met Nick and I thought Lord why did why did this happen five months after in getting its dream job that I wanted why did you this happen a great small group and yeah oh I was mm-hmm. uh, guys I had my routine I had a book club I was starting I had a Zumba class I was I had everything and then God brought Nick into my life and I I remember saying this to you on the sixth date when you asked me that question of if I'm willing to move I said out of all those things that I desired, including my job at the chapel, the greatest thing I wanted even more than that is a husband. So that's what I was like, yes, absolutely willing to move to Rochester. But we did long distance every weekend, but two weekends for 11 and a half months from mm-hmm. first meeting until the day I proposed to her was 11 and a half months. And 
by uh, six weeks after the proposal, the end of December, she had moved to Rochester, stayed at a friend's house for free. Mm -hmm. And so we got an apartment for her and mm -hmm. got the job here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't a cart before the horse thing. We, we knew it would be a little tighter window, but out of respect, it was like, gotta get engaged first. And we were able to ask that question of me moving only because we had been intentional for the first mm month and a half very intentional asking mm -hmm. all the big questions to say is this marriage material right here mm -hmm. so do you feel like online dating just your personalities you have to be more intentional or just in general it's the uh, more intentional feel i think for someone to have success they have to know what they're looking for like if you're just on there saying i want to meet new people i just want to like you know figure out what i want that's good to know. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the person that you're choosing to go on a date with or ask them out, they also know that about you as well. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you're going on it to find a husband or a wife, that has to be known by yourself and the person mm -hmm. that you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. Because I think that goes back to even um, the if, if someone's seeing someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, if it depends on the content of the conversation and the relationship. Because for Nick it was and I, it was very clear, I'm not looking at other profiles because we got something great here. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's say that. Can you repeat the question? The intentionality. You know, sure. both of you have mentioned that, you know, a few different times. And I'm wondering if, you know, there was a difference mm -hmm. with online versus, you know, in-person meeting. Sure. I, I would say there's pros and cons to both, mm -hmm. right? The pool's much bigger. And there's less ripple effects in mm -hmm. your network, mm -hmm. but certainly you don't have that like passive getting to know somebody, mm -hmm. right? You're not going into a date having spent six months in a small group with them. And now you know some facts about their life. You already know if, you, if there's some chemistry. So I think there is, um, there's a lot of ways to play it. And I would, for my own comfort level, ask someone their boundaries or expectations up front, mm -hmm. just because I didn't want if someone needed to be official after two dates and I knew I wasn't gonna be that person versus if someone was explicitly just looking for a good time, that also wasn't who I was. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, it's slightly more complicated, but I was willing to be explicit. And to some people that was off-putting or too forward. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the nature of it. And some people thought I wasn't flirty and fun enough. So my, my pickup line, after the all unequivocally vital, I commented her hair, complimented her hair, because I thought that that was a, a strong affirmation, but was also non-sexual, so appropriate. And then the greatest opener ever, what do you call cheese that's all by itself? And I said, craft singles. Said, and he said. Prove alone. <laughs> Wow. But, yeah, that's how I'm bad laughing it is. at both of you. You know. <laughs> so but we do listen to kid jokes at yeah. home. So, you know, it's there right go. in there. there so so like when I when I moved to Rochester, mm -hmm. I was probably more Amanda and Robin was more Nick. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Rochester, it was like, I'm not moving here if I'm not getting married. Totally. Um so it was funny because I moved and then six weeks six weeks afterwards I proposed. What was your rhythm moving proposal? How did that conversation go? So we started looking for rings in September and it took me and I'm glad we did because her Pinterest board and the rings she chose were opposites. <laughs> Ladies, um, take a tip from my book. Listen, Pinterest does nothing. You actually have to try the ring on. Just a little tip. All that, so yeah, I was like 99% ready to go. Um, but I needed some time to adjust to the reality because like one of her friends said, when I make a commitment, it is in mm -hmm. stone, mm -hmm. uh, it is not soft. So it took me from September to November 
to finish coming to that realization and peace and to also make a plan <laughs> um, for mm -hmm. how I was going to actually pull off the proposal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so she, you know, it, it was known that no one was moving or changing jobs until the ring was on the finger. And that was very difficult, too, because it's Timing. not easy. It's yeah. not easy to find a job and finding a job in a new city that I've never been a part of. It felt like a black hole. I was like, how am I actually I could tear up thinking about that? I'm sitting in my job right now. Um, how am I going to find a job? We're in a place that I've never been before. And God definitely provided. So it, there was a really tight balance and walk of what do we do next and how do we do this? And really just trusting God through it all. And when we went ring shopping in September, I didn't real. he made it sound like it was just for information's sake, which it is. For Nick, it definitely mm -hmm. is. I never lied. I creatively <laughs> told the truth. <laughs> but I didn't realize like he's actually planning to propose very soon. So, and that was the thing I had to be open-handed with to say, okay, God, I want this, but I'm trusting Nick's mm -hmm. um, guidance and all this. And we were open to communicating about yeah. our desires and what was next. And but, she... Bless her. She was probably ready to get married in July. It took until November. Mm -hmm. and um, But she didn't show it or break down whatsoever in front of me until literally six days before I proposed to her and was crying to me, wanting to be married. It was hard to wait. And in my head, I had already had planned it. But I had to pretend like, you know, it's still coming. Like, be patient. And I knew, like, chill out. It's happening next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's easier for you than for yeah, her. Exactly. Way more difficult. Talk but... to many, many young ladies in that position. Yeah. So, so I actually made, like, a very helpful mistake to Robin. So my boss from my previous job in Philadelphia sent me this really nice text. <laughs> And I did not scan like the above text. And it said, Pete praying for you when you go to San Diego to surprise Robin with the ring. No, just go to San Diego. It didn't say to surprise Robin. Well, she picked Detail. it up. Because I was like, he's not coming with me. I'm going alone to San Diego. What? <laughs> but I didn't tell him I saw it. So oh. he didn't know I knew. So, That's okay. But it was actually helpful because she knew that I was flying out there. Wow. So that was. It still was a surprise. I loved, you know, so the whole time I'm like watching. I'm like, where's he going to come up? Is he going to be on my plane with me? No, <laughs> no, nope. Had to wait until like the last day. But it was it was worth the wait. Oh, that's so. wonderful. Yeah. This The time's gone really fast with this. So Crazy. I, I mean, we should probably have dinner where we're not recording yeah. a podcast episode. <laughs> right. So before we get to... Um, you know, the question that we always ask at the end, if you were to do online dating over again or talk to yourself, um, 2020, 2019, what's one thing that you would have said to yourself that would have been helpful, that probably would have guided you in a helpful way? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking as well. I, my gut response to that is that, and I don't say this in a prideful way, I think I did it actually very well because I walked into it with those standards of the guy has to, it has to be very clear on his profile that he loves Christ. It has to be very clear. Um, and I was very aware of how I was feeling throughout um, being on the app. And my phrase was, I'd rather be scrolling through a dating app trying to find a spouse than scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. Because that actually could produce something that I would desire. Mm. Um, and I would just say to people, go into it with a full cup. Don't go into it um, 
saying, I'm going to get the affirmation that I desire because Ladies, you're going to get guys who compliment you in a sexual way and non-sexual way. And it's very tempting to um, entertain that with ants and settle for what you don't actually want. Um, so I would say keep your standards high and be open and community, be open in conversation with, with your community. Tell people what you're experiencing. Tell people your struggles. And because I talk to a lot of girls who feel like shame that they're on the dating app. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I actually had it hit the app hidden in a folder on my phone. And with other people who I knew were online dating, I could talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. But be honest with yourself and be honest with the Lord and honest with your community to say what you're doing and who you're interacting with. And like, show them the conversation and see what is happening because it's very easy to settle and it's very easy to just be ingrained in those compliments that you're getting Mm -hmm. from other people so yeah largely speaking i was pretty pleased with how i handled myself i would turn it off if i was getting overwhelmed or felt like my Mm -hmm. heart posture shifted Mm -hmm. to a more lustful or shopping place instead Mm -hmm. of being intentional about it and one of my friends hunter specifically would call me after dates because i'm not the person whose heart will get away from him i needed someone to probe and say Hey, are you trying to force something? How do you actually feel about this person? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good accountability. I think I would tell myself like everyone, Josh Eisner, a bunch of people, Pete Engler have told me in the past, you just kind of know. And I probably would have said kind of know is not fireworks often. It's not, it's, it will be bordering on easy. Mm-hmm. It will feel natural. It will feel right. But that doesn't have to mean it's, Disneyland, Disney World. We argue land world. Really. Yeah, I say world. Um, so I would say like, that's what it will be like. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I would also say, I think uh, that I hear a lot about, you were on for over a year, you were on for a couple of months. And I think it's also, don't expect you're going to get on and in one month, you know, necessarily oh. find your spouse. And I think sometimes there's, have realistic expectations of kind of the, the intentionality, but also the time. Um, and I think that that can um, discourage people, mm-hmm. you know, if they're saying, like, I'm not seeing anybody. And and I like, you know, kind of how you stated it, Nick, you know, I had to kind of check, where's my heart in this? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're getting really discouraged, you might take some time off and then come back on when you're ready. And that's okay. Absolutely. You know, so it's, there's, there's a lot of freedom and opportunity. Um, yeah. But just be, be aware of your own expectations as you get on. Right. I'll because you answered Rob and I love it and I think I'll just add kind of similar to Nick like just don't take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. and like if it's really hard you know you probably <laughs> and you probably that's not a relationship to go into if you're kind of always guessing or you know and it's funny we we watch all these rom-coms where it's like super difficult your favorite movie you know you've got mail like <laughs> it's super de- like that's not real life but the majority of couples that i meet that are in healthy places when they were healthy dating it was very natural so mm-hmm. well we close the episode with the same question what does jesus have to say about online dating so the good news is robin and i well i get to answer and then the three of you get to clean up whatever <laughs> mess i leave so does that sound good? It does, but this I really struggled with this one. So I'm going to piggyback off of what you say. Clean it up, right? <laughs> Clean it up, you know. Bring bring in therapy where pastors mm-hmm. mess up. So anyways, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that one. But anyways, um, so I, I think I don't want to sound like a cliche, and I want to be careful, but 
if you're anxious or depressed or if you're not growing spiritually and if you're not in a good place, then I don't think it's going to be helpful for you to start dating and bring another person in. Mm -hmm. And I I just see throughout the Bible um, how, how much the Bible talks about identity. So I think about Colossians 3, 12 through 17, it talks about a life full of gentleness, compassion, bearing with one another. And I would just encourage you that if you're looking to date, you're not going to be perfect, but are you moving towards that? Mm. And sometimes we're not at perfect or ideal places, but there's a person that in a differentiated way, um, I'm looking at my wife, she trained me well, like you're both growing together and it's not your grow like this person's here and you're like trying to like i so i think what jesus would say is become the person that he created you to become mm. as you look as you date and online just becomes another platform that you can get to know other people so mm -hmm. that's my yeah, well, I would just kind of add, you know, kind of along those lines, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot today was both of you, you know, just kind of being intentional, but also not just with each other, but also with praying about each step of the mm. way. And mm. I think that is one thing, you know, Jesus, the Bible, you know, just kind of would would encourage us as you're getting to know someone online or in person, you know, are you praying? Are you, you know, just kind of seeking God's wisdom um, mm. in each relationship? Um, and then I think of kind of the core of three strands you know if you think of you know kind of the husband the wife and then you know just kind of um the holy spirit to kind of weave you know kind of the three uh th those are the three strands together um there's so much strength and um, beauty in that mm -hmm. so yeah not much to clean up peter that was really good <laughs> i would say a few things i think that the ways that the lord has taught us to interact with people still apply to online dating be kind, be compassionate, mm. be honest, be open, um, show Christ to the people that you're interacting with. Um, I think that's, like you said, it's another platform. You're interacting with humans. It's not just someone's profile on the screen. It's a person who also is looking for something too. So be true to who you are in Christ. And I just spoke to a friend about this literally this morning, and she said, know that in your desires, God is still in the midst of online dating, that he can still work in your desire to find a spouse through a dating app. And that is, couldn't be more true for me in my life that the person who was so against it now found a, has found a husband on a dating app. Um, yeah, I think that's, those are two huge things I would say to what Christ would want. Um, and just trust and surrender and be intentional with the Lord in it all and mm. open-handed and honest with what you're going through with him. Sure. Uh, bad and clean up here. The, uh, <laughs> just like in softball. And just like in softball. <laughs> uh, two of the things that come to my mind are knowing yourself well enough to know how the Lord has gifted you so you don't sell yourself short. And maybe some mm -hmm. of your temptations or struggles to the point where you're not you're, you're dealing with those things proactively with healthy accountability and you're not saddling someone else with those unnecessarily. And at the same time, I would say there, there is biblical wisdom inside of cultural wisdom from the past and the present. The past being the you find someone you like and you make the commitment and the present being, you know, set your bar high and, and have that fairy tale. But I would say, you know what, there's there's a happy medium to both of those things mm -hmm. and taking, you know, either of them too far 
would lead you down a bad road. So. Mm. Mm. Well, as always, you can find Amanda. She's on all the socials. We'll tag her. <laughs> Nick is kind of a hermit when it comes to on social. On and off, yeah. I'm less yeah, fun. She's, you know. she's more fun than me. No one debates that. <laughs> and they do have the best polls that usually I agree with Amanda. Yes. Um, I think I've won two and she's won three. Guys, we do polar opposites. We are strong, strongly opinionated at certain things, and we do a poll, and we see what people say about it. So Pizza does not go on your lap in the car. It goes on the floor so it doesn't get the it goes on the the left that's the only one you disagree with you did win that poll i'm a passenger or no yeah it goes in the back wait i don't hold the pizza i'm not gonna get a stain in my jeans no anyway story (laughs) of my life anyways (laughs) find them on all the socials Uh, you can find us at ygetwypodcast.com click the subscribe button we'll be there we are brought to you by browncroft community church and luminaz the podcast network we're so glad you joined us today 